If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. professionals and this podcast is designed for entertainment purposes only. We are regular folks who do research and present opinions to an audience in a fun way. Our opinions should not be construed with the views of any organizations we may be affiliated with. This podcast does not represent the thoughts, intentions, plans, strategies of our employers. It only represents the opinions of the authors. If you need specific guidance on your own financial situation, please consult a financial fiduciary professional welcome everybody to the money vikings podcast number nine believe it or not we have a great show for you today we talk about everything investing personal finance life skills etc jerry and bob how are you guys great swell yeah (laughs) can't complain Right on. We're making it through pandemic 2020, which is yeah. uh, no easy task. Yeah, <laughs> especially with kids, especially with yeah. kids. <laughs> especially, yeah. Yes, especially with, especially with children. So uh, we're doing it, guys. Um, yeah, I was reading right before we got on, reading about, uh, you know, Pfizer pushing the envelope there on the vaccine. Yeah. So uh, hopefully that will uh, that will produce uh, some results and we'll start getting uh this world back in order. But anyway, the, the show today, uh, we got some great topics for you. Um, Jerry is going to walk us through selling puts when you can buy shares of a company at a price you want, and I think collect a premium. And he'll go into that. We're going to talk about the rule of 72 and what that's all about and how that can serve you. And we're going to talk about the 4% withdrawal rule and uh, if that makes any sense. So, uh, Jerry, you want to kick us off with puts? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, in past podcasts, I would try to take a topic like uh, puts and just try and cover everything. What, I, what I'm going to try and do today is just talk about one trade I did and kind of highlight the fact that it was a put and why I chose a put and kind of how it works for me. So, I mean, you were, you were spot on when you just said, you know, I collect a premium for uh, potentially wanting to buy a stock at a, at a lower price. I did a I did this with Apple, and on Thursday this week I sold one put for Apple at the one hundred dollars strike. Oh. Apple's trading right now. When I did it, Apple was about one ten, one eleven. So I was saying I would be happy to buy it at one hundred or less, uh, which is about ten dollars uh, less than where it is now. Uh, and that's a 20 delta. And one of the meanings of that is that there's an 80% probability that I will not have to purchase it. If I do, I'm happy with that. If not, that's okay. And for that risk where I'm obligated to purchase if it goes below 100, 
I am collecting $226.30. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that it is, seems like that is, that is so cool. I mean, it it's, seems like a no brainer, right? Like it's like, like a win, 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 win. What could go wrong, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, ask me next week. I'll tell you what could go wrong. <laughs> right. right. No, but the, yeah. the, the other thing, I mean, basically I'm saying I would like to profit from Apple. I kind of missed my chance to get in when, when it first split and it was around a hundred dollars. You know, as soon as they started talking about splits and everything, it, it, it really went up a lot. And yeah. uh, a lot of people bought it much higher prices. I was thinking a hundred would be fun. Uh, that would have been equivalent to $400 in the old uh, pre split, the last split pre split time mm. about 400 bucks. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. The other really cool thing about this put is that um, I'm only using about, well, I'm using less than $2,000 of buying power. Uh, it's kind of collateral from my uh, my brokerage, they're they're saying, you know, Jerry, you don't necessarily need to give us uh, the entire amount of the put. These are called cash secured puts uh, in many ways, and if you do these in a IRA or you do them in a Roth, you would have to put up the entire um, ten thousand dollars, basically, uh, no. and that would be completely cash secured. But this is more of a margin secured put. And they only want one fourth or one eighth of the amount uh, down. So, you know, I still have the rest of the money that is in my account that I can do other things with. I can do trades. I can, you know, I could do two. I could sell two puts against Apple if I wanted wow. to. Um, and it would just, it would be uh, 4,000, uh, which is kind of amazing. I mean, they're, they're basically giving you a free loan in many ways. So, so and, let me uh, play this out, Jared. <clears throat> so you're, you're either at the end of the day, from what I can tell from what you just said, I mean, the worst case scenario is you either the, the, the stock of the, the price of Apple doesn't go to the $100, but you get to keep the 226, right? Correct. Or it goes to the strike price and you get to buy some Apple. What we see is kind of a little bit of a discount. Exactly. And I get to keep that premium. So instead of, uh, you know, it's a hundred thousand dollars, it's, you know, 9,800 approximately uh to purchase that so i'm buying it at a at a discount even in the future so to, jerry so are you this isn't a situation where you're buying the put first and then selling it you're actually just starting off by selling the put exactly i'm selling it right off the bat and i'm wow. collecting 226 um 226 dollars and 30 cents for that premium now i do like to follow the mechanics the tasty trade uh, offers and or, or that they recommend. So I probably won't end up collecting the full 226. What I usually do is wait for uh, 21 days till expiration, which is approximately September 25th, because this expires mid-October. So I have two more weeks to kind of watch it and see what happens. Uh, and then the or the other thing, if if Apple just skyrockets after their uh, new iPhones come out on Tuesday or Wednesday, mm, they, right. or they announce them and it goes up, mm -hmm. I might hit fifty percent of that two twenty six one. What is that one thirteen? And I would just close the trade right away, collect right. fifty percent, and move on. Maybe do it again and sell it out for another month in the future. And okay, kind of, but at the end of the day, you made. 
yeah, you, yeah, you made a, yeah, yeah, rinse and repeat. You, you made, you know, one hundred and thirteen dollars, or you made two hundred twenty six dollars, or you bought some Apple. Right, right, right. exactly. I mean, it's really, uh, it's making money work for you. <laughs> totally, right. totally. And the other, so, I'll say one more good thing, and then I'll say one bad thing about it, uh, or kind of a risk. The the other thing is, I don't know if you're familiar with the strategy called the wheel. I think we may have talked about no. our about in the yeah. past, but you, you basically find stocks that you want to, uh, that you might, you might want to own and they're a little bit higher in price than uh, you would like right now. So you do sell puts against them, just like Apple, just like what we were talking about. And then if you do get assigned, which you kind of want to happen, uh, you end up uh, purchasing it at the discount and then you end up selling calls for it, maybe uh, one or two percent above the current price that you just bought it at. And for that, you'll collect a premium. It basically turns it into a covered call. Okay. So, and you can go back and forth and keep doing this over and over again. So, stocks that pay dividends do not only will get the dividends, but you'll get the premium from wow. the wheel strategy. If if your timing's right, if you end up not owning it during the cash secured put period and the ex dividend date passes, then you will miss the opportunity to get those dividends. But uh, that's a really cool thing. If you can mat, if you can, if you can do the timing correctly, it's a pretty neat thing to try and do. Um, Jerry, do you, do you get some of these, you know, some of these ideas, I think I've asked you this before, but for the show, um, you're watching the guys on like tasty trade. I mean, you're basically, are they kind of talking about stuff like this too? I mean, they're, you know is it is it inspirational um could could new could folks new to this stuff basically go in there and and mimic some of their their trades oh exactly yeah i um you know i'm always looking for trade ideas and on tastyworks the platform they have a tab where you can see what other traders that uh, work there are doing and wow. you can you can find kind of your your favorite personality my my favorites are uh, i like uh I like uh, Tony Batista. Uh, I follow a lot of his trades. Um, I also like uh, I, I like the show uh, Small Stakes, where they talk about the small exchange and a lot of the futures there. So there's uh, what's their names? Uh, Pete Molmat is, and uh, I forget the other guy's name right Explain now. Explain what the small exchange is. The small exchange is a new uh, product, futures product. Uh, that tries to make it easy for the retail new investor looking to get into futures uh, to start dabbling in that with very little risk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Every single penny in in their products are exactly $1. And the problem that you have with a lot of different futures, if you're looking at corn or you're looking at the NASDAQ or you're looking at... uh, (laughs) gold they all have different tick sizes and what the small exchange has done is really cool they've standardized all of their products so whether you're trading precious metals or you're trading uh uh the 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 sticks which is like the small technology index or you're test you're trading the the small stock 75 which is kind of highly correlated with spy but more volatile uh they're all one dollar up or down and you don't have to do any sort of mental math. Well, is it a fifty cent per tick, or is it a dollar twenty-five per tick, or is it a dollar? When did um, the uh, the small exchange become available? I think they launched in June. Well, it was this year. It was recent, right? Oh, very recent. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and they're still launching more products. Uh, I think that's and, great. And they did mention they're going to launch Bitcoin soon too, or some crypto. Oh wow! Yeah, Rip, Ripple, Ripple, and uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin. Oh yeah, got wow. a little Ripple. I got a little Ripple. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> XRP. Hey, th- that's a, th- thanks, Jerry. That's a great. Um, and thank you. That for is. The, yeah, the outline of of like doing explaining it through your trade is really helpful. I always love those examples. Um, to, uh, anything else on on um, on cash secured puts before we yeah, go just, on to just one final to... thing. I mean, it sounds like a fairy tale here, and I, I can I'm sure people hearing this are getting excited. But I don't know if you remember my uh, horror story with Delta Airlines. I'd been doing the wheel on De- Delta Airlines for months and months and months, and finally I got the confidence to go from one contract to two contracts. And as soon as I actually I went from and then I went from two to three, and when I went to three. Uh, the pandemic hit and the stock market tanked. A lot of things came back, but Delta Airlines did not. So I'm still, um, I was obligated to buy Delta Airlines. My my uh, strike where I sold Delta was like $55. And, and now Delta is 30, but it had gotten less than 20. And so imagine having to buy 300 shares of Delta at $55 when it was, be- when it was in the market trading for 20. That wow. sucked. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's coming <laughs> and it's coming back. And I and I mentioned earlier, you know, well, okay, that's great. You can sell covered calls. Well, Delta had gone down so much that there were no calls even being offered anywhere near what it was pre-COVID. Wow. So yeah. I'm just kind of waiting. I, I'm I'm sure airlines are gonna recover. I'm sure we'll be flying around, taking vacations everywhere in the next few years. <laughs> but you know, I didn't want to sell it. I hope loss. so. Yeah. And I, so I'm just kind of hanging on. And, and as it creeps up, I check every few months to see if it's uh, the strikes are uh, giving enough, uh, if the strike is high enough now so I can start doing uh, covered calls against Delta. Well, let's, can, let's just look at it as, as a long-term <laughs> investment now with them. Mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. We've done you a favor. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I keep thinking about that with the airlines. I'm like, am I going to look back like two or three years from now and be like, Oh man, should have loaded up on the airlines. Right. You know, yeah. Like, like, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those moments where again, I would, if I wasn't in this position, um, I would, would definitely try to yeah. jets. Like jets, is a, jets is a good ETF that covers all the airlines. So you don't have any exposure uh, to, uh, mm. to just Delta or spirit or Southwest. Um, I'll check that one out. Check That's it out idea. jets. Uh, but this is not uh, investment advice. This is just, no, no, entertainment no, no, purposes no, we don't do that. We don't do it. <laughs> But actually, that's a good that was a good segue, I think, actually, into what you just talked about with the market tanking um, into the rule of 72. And I'll explain why, because most people, again, with most of their money are basically investing in indexes that probably capture the S&P 500. Right. That's what most maybe most people don't even realize that the money they put in their 401k when they pick a few funds is probably in something that mimics the S&P 500. And so when they look at their 401k um, statements every, you know, each year, some people do, and they go, oh, wow, you know, I, I made 19% last year. I made, you know, um, I made 5% last year, whatever it might be. I bet a lot of people, for them, it mimics the S&P 500. So a question a person might ask themselves is how long will it take to double my money, to double my net worth, Right. And so it's funny, Jerry, because this rule of 72, I don't know if you remember this, 
but I think your mom gave, gave us this idea. Yeah, we were having right? uh, a Thanks, mom. <laughs> I, know, I always thank the moms. It's not Mother's Day, but thanks, mom, every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Jerry's yeah. mom is great. I mean, Jerry's I mom is safe. proud. <laughs> Jerry's mom is great. A really great person. I, I love hanging out with her. And we have had brunch a few times. Um, but yeah, she turned to me one time and she's like, oh, like, you know, we're, we're starting the blog. And she's like, oh, have you heard of the Rule 72? And I said, no, I had not. So anyway, what, so what is it? It's a way to estimate like any rule of thumb when you're going to double your money. So I'll give you an example. So let's say you have $100,000, uh, Bob, in your 401k, mm -hmm. all right? And your 401k is probably invested in some kind of S&P 500 index. Right. So what you do is the rule of 72 says, or some people call it the rule of 70 because it's easier. Let's okay. say you were to make 7% per year on that $100,000, Okay. You just take 70 and you divide it by the percentage rate. So what's mm -hmm. that come out to? So 70 divided by seven is 10 years. Yep. And so, and so you can see how you can rackage that up and down. So let's say, let's say on that hundred thousand dollars in your 401k, you expected to make 10% per year. Okay. 70 divided by 10 means that in seven years, you would double your money to $200,000. Like, like. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So the thing, the thing to keep in mind about this is that, so I looked up, I looked up some interesting statistics here today. The S&P 500, for example, here, here's what it was over the last few years. So in 2017, uh, the S&P, so you, I guess we have to remember is no one makes a consistent number every year. You know, nobody makes 7% right. year in year. You have to take averages, right, over time. So the S&P 500 um, in 2017 made 19%, you know, so a lot of people with their 401ks probably looked really good that year. The following year in 2018, the S&P 500 was a minus 6%, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. In 2019, the S&P 500 made 28%. So that was like a really good year. Everyone probably with 401ks thinking awesome. And then in 2020, um, uh, otherwise, uh, otherwise known as the shit storm, um, so 2020, we're, we're, we're sitting around 3.4% for the S&P 500 index. Um, so what I did is I took that. So that's about over those four years, that's about an 11% average annual return. So you can just see how that works out. So again, that, that person, if you, you know, if they continue with that, that kind of 11%, let's say 10% average, then every seven years, you know, they're going to double their money. Um, now, that doesn't include um, anything that they add during that time. Like if they keep adding money to it, you know, that that will obviously help this go faster. But I think the point of the story here, at least for me and you guys, I'll let you guys chime in, is that it shows you that, you know, people really can take control and you really can double your money faster than you think. I mean, you know, seven years sounds like a long time, but we know, especially when you become a parent, like seven years goes by in a oh. flash, right? Yeah. Yeah, it goes by mm -hmm. so fast. So why not in seven years have double your money? That's what I say. Right. Thoughts? Right. <laughs> I, I think that's, yeah, no, it's, it's a great back of the envelope uh, way to kind of figure out how long it's going to take to double your money. And it, it's a lot of fun plugging in different numbers. Um, your example about the S&P 500, I, I think, is, is very interesting. About it, it, I keep getting surprised that the S&P 500 is only up, what would you say, 3% this year? It seems like we've been on this amazing run, but that's only from the the bottom of where we were in March, right, right after the pandemic hit. So it's, we're exactly. Just sort of... I think that's it. The <laughs> fact that we had such a huge drop. Um, yeah. It's, it's, sort of... it's, remar it's remarkable that we're up, 
right? But I, but I think the other thing is the news, the kind of the, the news doesn't, or the, the hype around it doesn't really help either because it makes you, it makes you think that it's, uh, it's just astronomical. You know, it's, it, we're up yeah. 30% this year. It's insane. But it's, the reality yeah. is that there was a, there was a massive drop off and we're talking about the recovery from that point. Yes. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fact-checking myself, guys, and what I'm saying <laughs> is a, a year-to-date 2020 return, the, it's, it's interesting, I don't know what this means, but Google is telling me the price return is 3.4%, which I said, and the total return is 4.8. I don't know the difference, but let's just say around, you know. It sounds 4%. about right. I think the 4.8 is maybe if you include dividends. Mm, got it. Total return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, guys, I, I think I think what I really like about these types of rules of thumb, and then we'll, we'll get into this more in a minute when we go to the 4% rule, is that I, I think what it does for people like psychologically is you start to realize that some of your goals are not as out of reach as you might think. I think some people just mm-hmm. sort of sit back and I think a lot of people in this world give up so quickly because they just go, oh, you know, uh, I need half a million dollars to retire. I'll never be able to get there. And it's like, well, hey, is is saving and investing half a million dollars um, easy to do? No, it's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. But I would also argue, though, that for most people with cons- with like consistent, um, healthy employment that pays reasonably. I mean, I understand there's people that are really on the edge, but for a middle class person with a with somewhat reasonable employment that's somewhat consistent, you know, some of these numbers might not be out of reach. Really, you know, no, right. you might be able to do it, people. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very inspirational. <laughs> it takes it, it, it just takes a, a it, it it takes a, a a few dollars at a time, right? Just start just start tucking away, and that's mm-hmm. yeah incremental. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think that's a good segue into the four percent rule. Um, and I, Bob, I don't know if you're familiar with this. I'm but, not familiar uh, with four percent. You're not, or you are? No, I'm not. I'm not. Okay, I, I know Jerry is, but so we have several, so on our blog, we have several, actually, I've done some cartoons about it, um, and they're basically financial independence retire early cartoons, and what they tell people is this, and this is another one where it's, I think you'll find it very inspirational and aspirational, because you'll realize, again, that your dreams and goals of, like, financial freedom may not be as far out of grasp as it might seem, you know, yeah. um, and again, I'm not saying it's easy, it's not easy. But at the end of the day, it may also not be impossible. And that's worth something. So the 4% rule is, is this basic concept. It's the amount of money that can be withdrawn from an investment account on an annual basis that keeps the principal basically intact. Mm. Okay. Got it. So let's, let's, say, let's say, Bob, you have a million dollar nest egg. Okay? Yes, please. At the, at, at the time, right. At the time of retirement, <laughs> you have a million dollars okay, in your investments. Well, you, I mean, you wake up one day and you're like, okay, I'm going to retire, but then you got to ask yourself, well, how much of that can I really withdraw? Right. Because we all know that money can go fast, right? So again, million dollars sounds like a lot of money and it is, but we have also read all those stories about tons of people that, you know, they may, they get a million dollars and guess what? It's gone in six months, you know, you know? Um, So basically the 4% rule would tell you that from a million dollars, you could withdraw $40,000 a year in income. And basically, the concept is you would never actually reduce that million dollars. You would keep that principle intact. I don't know if it's perpetuity, but I'd say it'd be a long time. Um, you know, And that's if it's reasonably invested. 
um, in kind of a mix of like index funds and bonds. Okay. Um, but the, the, the reason I think this is important for people is because we all know from our lives that income is key, right? That's the whole point. We've got to figure out ways to generate income. And so if your investments are generating $40,000 of income, that's $40,000 you don't need to replace, you know, with a job or, you know, or, or with some other thing. So right. mm -hmm. um, anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. What do, what do you think, Jer? I mean, it's, it's, it's one well, of my like, favorites. Yeah. I mean, like, like everything, these are just guidelines and they're not uh, hard and fast rules, but they're, they're guidelines that sort of help get you thinking about a nest egg, what you might need to retire, what sort of lifestyle you have today what you need to sustain that. And then in the future, you know, in your 50s, 60s, 70s, whenever you plan to retire, uh, you know, what, what are your annual needs? If you can, if you can live off uh, $40,000 a year, then you, then you probably just need, like you said, you know, $1 million and, you know, in a few more decades when it's time to retire. Uh, if you want to retire sooner, you can adjust that too, but you have to, you have to do the math and see um, the, the other thing is just you have to be uh, very careful because that, uh, that nest egg that you have, uh, you could see some huge drops uh, and, and some huge returns on, on different years. So you need to be really careful yep. managing that, manage the risk of that. Uh, you, you definitely, I, I think you need to what? Make sure that you continue making around 10% a year, which is not easy. So. Uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, I'd say you probably, I think it would be more like, I mean, don't quote me, but yeah, I think maybe seven to 10%, you know, on average, right? We're talking about on average. Yeah, that yeah. Really, you know, the fluctuates. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, I, and I, I love it because a lot of the financial folks that I read, they'll, they'll remind people that, you know, you might see drops some years, but remember, you're never cashing out that total million dollars. So you don't, you don't need to stress out, you know, about, a drop one year, it'll probably be made up the net, you know, the following year. Again, you've got to think about the income you can comfortably generate uh, yes. without drawing down, you know, and, you yeah. know, and there, there might be years that are exceptions. I mean, maybe there's a year where you want to go above that because you, you know, you, you want to do that once in a lifetime, you know, cruise with your, with your, with your honey to uh, Italy or whatever it is, you know, and you're going to spend an, an, you know, an extra amount, um, and then maybe the next year you ratchet it back down, you know? Um, yeah. Again, these are just guidelines, but they're, they're uh, helpful for, you know, just us today kind of looking forward, trying to figure out what we might need to uh, survive off of in the future. Exactly. Like and it. maybe those dreams aren't as far off as people think, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it all depends on, you know, lifestyle, where you live in the country. I'm really excited about this concept in the future that I keep hearing about that, Maybe post COVID, a lot of people will be able to, um, you know, especially people that have like computer jobs and office type jobs that, that where you're, you know, moving things around in computers and you got a telephone that maybe people can choose to live in lower cost, uh, lower cost of living areas. You don't have to, maybe you work in, you know, you work for a, a tech startup, but you don't have to live in expensive, you know, Bay Area or expensive Silicon Valley, maybe you can live in Idaho. And why maybe, not? Maybe you pick a state where there's no state income tax. Maybe you pick a state with no oh. income tax. You know, I, I actually, think <laughs> that would be so. honestly, guys, I think that'd be so healthy for our country to have more of a, like, bring us back together again and, and have people, you know, people from all different stripes can live in different parts of the country. And you don't have just have these hubs of like, 
you know, yeah, this is just where the tech people live. And this is just where these people right. live. Said, well, you know, maybe we can spread out a little bit. We all like different things. I, you know, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to live in Montana and look out the window and, and do my office job, you know, or whatever, whatever it might be for that particular person. Well, it's the, it's the, yeah, it's the geoeconomics concept. And I think it, it would definitely, it's going to definitely change that balance. Um, and, and probably even help with, uh, we talk about, you know, property investment with property values in, in certain areas where the property value isn't so great. I think you nailed it, right. Bob. Absolutely. Yeah. It can revitalize. And I mean, I think, I think some of the hottest, yeah, some of the hottest property markets are in like Idaho, like Boise or something, I think is actually the fastest growing. Can you believe that? It's not, it's That's not crazy. New York or San Francisco. Like the I, fastest, hottest property market, I think is Boise, Idaho. Wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I've heard it referred to also as, I can't remember the exact term, but it's like cost of living arbitrage or something like that, where you, uh, you get a job at an expensive Silicon Valley startup that pays you, you know, a really great salary, and then you move somewhere else that the cost of living is uh, way, way lower than what you need. I'm all for it, man. Yeah, <laughs> I think absolutely. it's brilliant. I really do think it's brilliant. I just think it's such a neat idea, and I, I think it, I really do think it would help our country, um, yeah. you know, kind of sp sp spread things out a little bit. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Guys, hey, welcome everybody to the Money Vikings podcast number 10. Uh, we have a great show for you tonight. Uh, we do not have uh, Bob with us, so we're going to miss him today. It's some, some family duties, but Jerry and I are here. We got some really cool topics. We've got, we're going to talk about uh, one of our favorite tools for building wealth, the Cash App, uh, uses and utility. We're going to talk about Bitcoin management, and mm -hmm. then we're going to talk about uh, the next five years in this world and ways that we can prepare for the future. Uh, so a lot to cover, right, Jerry? Useful stuff, but yeah, a lot to cover. I think uh, we can fit it in. I think we can. Yeah. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. For our audience out there, how many, how many are we up to now? How many audience members? Oh, I should have checked the numbers before we started. I, I don't know at this point, but it's less than a, uh, it might've popped, might've popped a hundred actually. I was going to say, let, let's just say, and I think what I heard you just say is a hundred thousand. That's what so, I said. Yeah. So, I mean, 100, <laughs> so join a hundred thousand people on this planet. <laughs> Yeah, and more who are listening to our podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we're trying we're trying to make this of value to people. So I think that's our whole goal, right? So yeah, yeah, and from the listeners and letters and and uh, you know phone calls and emails that I've been getting, it seems like we're a real hit in Belgium. <laughs> oh, I love it! Hey, awesome friends in Europe. Oh, yes, yes, we're huge in Belgium. Oh, huge in Belgium, the Money Vikings, <clears throat> huge in Belgium. Well, uh, do, do you want to launch us on uh, on Cash App? Or, uh, I would love to. I would love to. So, yeah, uh, the, for the, the Cash App, for those that don't know, it's been around for a few years. It's uh, run by the same gentleman that runs Twitter, Jack Dorsey. So he's kind of a co-CEO or he's halftime CEO on uh, Cash and, and Square, which is really the company that makes it. And then he's also on Twitter, so he's very, uh, very active. And kind of one of the the recent uh, that uh, Cash App added in the last few years was bringing Bitcoin uh, investing to everyone. That's that's kind of what's uh, changed. But when it first launched, it was really kind of a simple way to pay your friends. You go out to lunch, you go out to dinner, uh, you owe your friend fifty bucks. Uh, it's, it's very simple. It's kind of like, uh, we use it at Longhorns but, uh, many times. 
Steven? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. I use it with a lot of my friends, and uh, it's it's very handy. I mean, there, now there's the space is kind of crowded. We've got uh, PayPal, we've got Venmo, we've got uh, Zelle, and you know, banks are getting into that business now, hooked up to your checking account. But I still think it's one of the simplest ways to send money to uh, your friends, and uh, and, and so that's kind of what it started with. Um, but later they started adding uh, lots of different uh, interesting benefits. They added later the uh, boosts, which uh, come in handy if you probably you need to get the uh, the debit card first. You can order a, a physical card that they'll send you for free, put in your wallet. When you go out to anywhere, uh, you can use that card and swipe it, whatever it is. Think of it like a checking account. And, uh, you know, when you go to a restaurant and they swipe it, it just basically deducts it. It's a it's a Visa debit card. Do you realize and... how much I love saving 10 percent at Chick-fil-A? Oh, we haven't even gotten there yet. <laughs> but... Sorry. J- jumping ahead. Sorry, there. I, I, but, I'm uh... so excited about that. OK, good. All right. Well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, then they added boosts and there's a lot of different uh, boosts. I was just kind of checking out our site. Uh, I've been trying to keep this article up to date. Uh, first written on September 24th, 2018, uh, you know, and it has uh, Chick-fil-A, which is 10% off. But at the time, uh, they had a lot more. They're different now. Some are the same. Some are different. And the percentages changes and their little deals change. But you got uh, Chipotle, uh, Trader Joe's, 10% off, uh, in and out for a while, $1 off every order, Domino's Pizza, Taco Bell, Whole Foods, um, I just recently used Wendy's and I use the, uh, they have one with Microsoft now for people that are on Xbox. Yeah. For, for Xbox, Xbox gold, I think is 10 bucks a month, but they give you, they give me 15% off of that. And, and, and Chick-fil-A, I think you were there this week. I was there this week. Of course. <laughs> so we both, we both used Every it. Week. <laughs> and I, I was hesitant to use the rewards. I have Chick-fil-A rewards too, but I didn't combine them this time. I, I didn't want to hand anyone my phone and have to mess with the rewards app. So I just went with the cash app. And the nice thing with the cash app, what you do is you go uh, into the app before you order your lunch and you set it to Chick-fil-A or whatever restaurant you're going to go to. So you do that ahead of time. And it's easy to forget. I've forgotten several times too. And there's nothing that makes me more angry when I yes, you check, it. check out. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. That's the worst. Yes. That's the worst. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they'll do it. And then and unlike other credit cards where, you know, they say one, one percent back or three percent cash back, that's usually end of year or maybe end of the statement period with the cash app. The money's just deducted and it never leaves your your account. So they just figure they pay the difference to the vendor. The yeah. vendor's no wiser. Right. And uh, you just keep the money. So it's the best. It's, it's the best. instant savings. Instant savings. Yeah. 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 Wow. And uh, yeah, I was saying for uh, for a lot of things, uh, I think we wrote an article about Starbucks in this and the 15% Starbucks, which is active at the time that this is uh, podcasting. And we are on September 20th, 2020 right now, uh, 15% off Starbucks, which is if you reuse that over and over again, that's better than being a Starbucks rewards member and getting the, uh, you know, the points and the free cup after X number of, I mean, I did the math and I can put the article in the show notes, but, uh, you were, that was a great 15... article you wrote. I love that article. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That cool. So that was, 
that's a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I don't go to Starbucks as much as I used to, uh, for the better or for Not worse. With the pandemic situation, right? A little less Starbucks for the a little Starbucks less investors a little... out there. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would do a drive-through, but it just hasn't really uh, hasn't really been convenient uh, lately. But uh, yeah, so I think we talked about the uh, ability to pay your friends. We talked about the Visa debit card, and then we talk about these deals, which they call boosts. And there's a bunch of them uh, that are in the app, and you can you can you can switch through them. But then a couple other features that uh, are are nice too. One is you can use it like an employee paycheck. So you that's how we get paid here at the Money Vikings for all our millions of hits every day. Um, <laughs> when when uh, when our Google Ad revenue uh, kicks in and, and they want to pay us, they you know I gave them the routing and account number the yeah the routing and the account number and then the money just flows in immediately i pay greg his half and uh we move on very very easy and free wow it 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 really is and you know what i'm gonna this next statement we should definitely we should get royalties for what i'm about to say like seriously it's it's like and maybe maybe i didn't make this up but i think (laughs) it's like the swiss army knife of money yeah right yeah, it's a Swiss yeah. Army knife of money. That's how I feel about it as a tool. You can do all these things, and you might have mentioned it too. But you can also buy fractional shares of of, or you can buy full shares of companies. Are you serious? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's it is so cool. And one thing I was thinking about because you you know you came up with this topic before we did the show, and when you come up with the topics, I start to sort of think about them. And one of the things I thought about that's really cool. And again, so so the audience knows. We're not getting we're not getting anything from Square or Cash App. I know this sounds like a Cash App Square commercial. We're just talking about it. We get no money from them or anything. But anyway, the bottom line is, um, I was thinking that um, you know, there's there are so many people out there, Jerry, that are not invested and don't have access to four hundred one ks. And if I was a person that was, um, you know, living with with a, with if I if I had like a gig, like the gig economy, right? If I was doing the gig economy. I wasn't really connected that much to an employer that had like a system and a match and all that. If I was really interested in investing and building wealth, I think I would use this app. I mean, it's free and it's a way I could buy shares of any company. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think it's awesome. I do, I do too. And um, they do uh, allow you to buy full shares or fractional shares. They don't have every, uh, stock in the world in their inventory, but they they do have the popular ones. And, and Amazon being around three thousand dollars a share at the date of this podcast, if if that may be out of reach to buy one share for some people, so you can, I mean, you could literally add a dollar to it every day or every week, whatever you're comfortable with, and you could start, uh, you know, taking advantage of the uh, of that company's growth. It's a, it's been amazing. That's awesome. Can I, can I share one little funny like trick that I try to do with um, Cash App? Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm not always, always successful with this, but I do buy, a, so it's about Bitcoin, right? You can buy Bitcoin through Cash App. Uh-huh. Bitcoin for me, I don't, I don't know how you feel about it now, Jerry. I mean, for years now, you and I have been talking about cryptocurrencies and we've done articles on it and we've read all about it. But for cryptocurrencies for me, I, I personally now see them as pretty much full on gambling. And I don't, yeah, and, and I don't I don't even mean that in a bad way. Like, I'm not even like against that. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to buy some Bitcoin at what I think is, you know, where it's at, where it's at. And I'm just going to when it's up, I'm going to sell it. Right. 
And so I kind of just, I just have it that, that in my mind. And I know I, I will probably get all kinds of emails about this, about like the future of money and Bitcoin is so awesome. And I get it. That's fine. I own some Ethereum too. Um, and some stellar lumens and you know, whatever else, but ripple ripple. Yeah. It's all just fun money. It's like totally gambling. But with Bitcoin, my trick is I try to buy some in cash app and then I try and then I want it to go up enough where I can sell it and then have it pay for the Chick-fil-A with the discount. You see, him <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's pretty nice. Yeah. So I'm going for like the free lunch um, trifecta there where it's like you buy some Bitcoin, <laughs> yeah, you, you use the boost, you sell when you've made because, you know, to feed my family. I mean, I got to spend like, you know, it's like twenty five, thirty bucks. At, oh, yeah. Because it adds up. You got a family to feed, right? It's not right. Just eating. Right. So 25, right. 30 bucks. If I can get the 25, 30 bucks and then uh, boom, right? It's, it's, it's all within the little cash app world. It's true. <laughs> you, you could do that. You could do that. I, I, it, I'm, I'm having such a tough time with futures and bitcoins and directional trading where you just, I don't know, it's called day trading, I guess, where you go in and you buy it or you short and you hope it goes up or down. And I seem to be wrong this month, a hundred percent of the time. I mean, okay. statistically, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like a fluke of nature or something here, because uh, I'm able to one hundred percent pick wrong directions. I don't. I, I don't know, Jer. I, I I don't know if it's you. I mean, because we we should have a little. We, you know, we talked about this earlier. We, we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, in, in some of our future podcasts, we're going to start having little debates, right? Where we're sort of like on opposite sides of an issue. And I think at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, you know, it, it, yeah, is that the way for you to go? Because it's really, again, that's kind of like you're just guessing. And I don't, I don't know if you'd have any sense of where uh, futures are, are going um, unless you had some kind of inside knowledge into that specific industry. Right, right, so, right. I mean, otherwise, you're going off what you read on the Internet. Uh, we all know, uh, I don't know, about, you know, 70 percent of what's on the Internet is a bunch of crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so. with um, with Bitcoin kind of taking it back to Cash App, I, I mean, they added that ability to buy and sell Bitcoin. Uh, I don't know, maybe a year ago. I have to find that article, too, and, and pull it out, check the date on it. But that was that was pretty cool because it's it was I mean, there's Coinbase and there's hundreds of apps that will let you uh, buy and sell cryptocurrency. But for Cash App to do it, they were kind of a more mainstream um, public company. To, to They were the, kind of the first to do that. And uh, I, I hear that Jack Dorsey is very, um, very interested in the future of Bitcoin and excited about it. So that was kind of neat, neat to see that. Um, when it first was launched, you didn't get a true Bitcoin wallet. And that means that uh, all I could do in the app was buy Bitcoin and, and then sell it and get out and put it back into my cash account, buy it later and then put it back into my cash account, which may be fine for 99% of the folks that are using the cash app. But for true Bitcoin users, they want to have an actual wallet and, and they want to have that uh, hash and that ID where they can send outside of the cash app into uh any storefront or or uh, vendor that takes Bitcoin, and now they allow that, and, mm. and that's how I was, I was able to move some of the um, the Bitcoin that I had out of Coinbase and put it directly into Cash App. I use the the Coinbase Send to Wallet feature, and I use the Cash App Receive feature, and I I copy and pasted my my uh, hash into the uh, Coinbase app and sent it, and within 15 minutes. 
and a few fees later, uh, it was moved. <laughs> well, I'm gl- yeah, I mean, that is awesome. And I'm glad you're bringing up the fees because that's why I started getting away from Coinbase because of all the fees. I mean, I was looking over like, because I, you know, at one point we were kind of like, you know, doing a lot of, a lot of, and it was fun. It was, again, it was fun money and we were having a good time with all of it. But yeah, Coinbase, I, it was quite a few fees. There yeah, were, there were. Yeah, I was kind of like, really? Uh, you know, every time it was like, it was all $2.50, $4, $5. And I started looking over there as so I'm going, man, I spent 200 bucks in fees. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I anyway. don't get me started, man. I'm, I'm spending a fortune on my futures trading. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Well, hey, that's what, remember this all, this is all about learning, right? It's tuition. It's tuition. There you go. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Well, speaking of learning, should we go into our next topic? Yeah, should we should. We, to... we should. But first, okay. but first, let's uh, have a word from our sponsor. Let's do it. 